How's it going, everybody? Adrian here, and welcome back to the Gaming Observer Weekend Variety Show for Sunday, April the 25th. Hey, I hope you're doing very well. And today, I actually want to talk about game genres and how we define video games when we don't know what they are. I started thinking about this because I've, I've been trying to decide, you know, what's the next game that I'm going to play. And sometimes when I come across a game that I've never heard of or I'm not super familiar with, I need to try and figure out, okay, what is this game, right? And most of us, when we have that problem, the way that we solve it is by giving it a genre name. This is a first-person shooter. This is a MOBA, right? And then not only do those genres help you understand what those games are, but game designers can say, hey, I want to make a first-person shooter. I want to make a MOBA. And then over the years, you have conventions and mechanics that will become very popular in these genres, so that if you say, I am making a first-person shooter, people will have certain expectations about that. Now, in a perfect world, this is all you would ever need, right? I could go to you and say, this is the genre, and you will know immediately what I am talking about. But of course, as we all know, the problem is that the genre cannot explain the game fully. If I say first-person shooter, I could be talking about Doom, I could be talking about Fallout, I could be talking about Call of Duty, or Bioshock, or Overwatch, or Apex Legends. All of these games are shooters, but what makes them attractive is so totally different. The story could be the main appeal. The additional genre of, like, a battle royale could be the appeal. For Overwatch, it's all about the characters and the superpowers that they have, right? And so then we get these subgenres, hero shooters, and, like I said, battle royales. But even still, that doesn't really capture the details and the delineations of these games especially when you look into the indie scene, right? Like, if you look at indie games, and I mean really small indie games that I wouldn't normally talk about on this show, a lot of it is experimental, a lot of it are these brand new ideas that you would never see in a AAA budget game. How do you describe those things without, you know, having a super lengthy explanation of what's going on? You can't really. And that's the interesting thing about video games, is that I guess much like any creative medium, you kind of have to experience it to know whether you're going to like it. Now, of course, genres can be helpful in the sense that if you don't like horror, or if you don't like racing games, then there's some pretty easy things to avoid. But even that can be broken. Like, I thought I was somebody who didn't like beat-em-up games. You know, the classic 2D side-scrolling arcade games. And then I played Streets of Rage 4, and I had a lot of fun with it, and I really liked it. I still probably don't like most beat-em-up games at this point, but I really love Streets of Rage 4. And it's pretty funny to observe all of this, because I am somebody who works in the mobile gaming space, and it is literally my job to categorize mobile games. To look at a game and say, what, what is this game? How do I define this game? And then communicate that to somebody else. And in, in the mobile world, it's a whole lot easier. Because these things are designed to make money, and there are certain formulas that are keys to success, and people are going to chase those formulas as much as they can. So usually you can just look at a game and immediately say, this is a build and battle game like Clash of Clans, or this is a match three game like Candy Crush, right? And as soon as I say that, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You can probably predict what the mechanics of the game are going to be, probably what it looks like. And there's very little intricacies usually when it comes to mobile. Again, there's exceptions, but for the most part. And certainly you have some of that in the, in the console space, but I'm just really interested in finding better ways of describing games. And maybe this is an eternal problem. 
I recently took a talent management class where the professor was a manager for a bunch of artists, bands, and he said part of your pitch is you just have to, you know, tell the person what you're a combo of so that whoever is listening can understand what you're saying, what your vibe is within five seconds. You can't just say, oh, you have to listen to my music to get it. Otherwise, nobody's going to listen to your music. And it's the same thing with video games. Like, you really have to sell that game as, hey, this game is like Stardew Valley. I guess this is where things like publisher trust come in handy and, and designer trust, name brands, things like this, where you can say, it doesn't matter what you make. I will play it from you because I know you make good stuff. That gives them a lot more creative freedom, right? Anyway, I've talked enough. If you have any thoughts about this, please feel free to share them with me. You know, I don't think there is a solution, but I'd be interested to see other ways of, of talking about games. And uh, yeah, that's going to be it for me. Thanks so much for joining me. I'm going to be back with the news tomorrow. And until next time, happy gaming, everyone. It's the TGO After Show. Hello and welcome. The reason why I thought about today's topic was because, I don't know, I feel like in big budget games, we tend to see a lot of the same stuff. And sometimes I wish they were just a little bit more experimental. You know, how often do you play a game and then you you think, oh, I know why this is in here. When I played a game called A Plague Tale Innocence, it plays a lot like Tomb Raider, this game. And it has this crafting system and I played it, I'm like, what is the necessity of this crafting system? The only reason why it's here is because they think the genre needs it. I mean, pro- okay, I mean, the designers probably wanted the crafting system, but my point is I played it and the crafting system was basically useless. And crafting in general has been a huge marketing point for a lot of games, right? Oh, you can craft things. But how necessary is that crafting system? And if you took it out and you did some other funky idea that nobody's really done before, would that have affected your sales? Possibly. So maybe that doesn't make it worth it. But from a creative standpoint, that's what I want to see. I want them to change things up a bit. You know, when I played Sea of Thieves, it subverted all of my expectations for what I thought that game was going to be. When you look at the trailers for something like Sea of Thieves, you expect a mini-map, clearly delineated quests, a bunch of loot probably, like Destiny 2, because, you know, it's a games as a service. And they did meet some expectations, like there was a ton of cosmetics which were actually pretty good, but there's still tons of cosmetics. There's a lot going on. It's a huge open world. There's real-time events. But you know what there's not? There's not a mini-map. And there's very, very little hand-holding. You know, you can't just press X to dock your boat. You actually have to go through the motions of docking your boat. And all of a sudden, Sea of Thieves became so much more interesting because it was something I had never done before and because it was something I wasn't expecting. They got a little creative with it, you know, they got the inspiration from from the theme of it being pirates. That's a great starting point, in my opinion. But that's why the game is so attractive. And then how do you describe Sea of Thieves to somebody who hasn't played it? It's always online. I, you know, I don't want to call it an action adventure. Like, that's so tr- tropey and overused. You know, the best thing I can say is that you live the pirate life as fully as, as is capable right now in video games. Is that concept enough? Who knows? Anyway... Another reason I started talking about it is because uh, today I started Octopath Traveler. I mean, barely. I put like half an hour into it or something. I'm going to go back to it later today. And I don't know, immediately I was just like, I've played this game before. I haven't played this game before. But these turn-based RPGs, it just, it feels very samey. Which isn't a bad thing. It's just something I observed, I guess. 
By the way, Octopath Traveler is such a beautiful game. Like, I was, it threw me off guard. I've seen the, the trailers and stuff, but actually playing it, I'm amazed at how good they made that game look. Man, when a video game gets lighting right, that's it, they got me. Like Valheim? Whatever the heck they did for Valheim is something else, because that game looks amazing. I, I'm looking forward to video game technology advancing in the next 10 years. Okay, folks, that's enough for me. Thanks for being here. Back with the news tomorrow. And until then, farewell.